uh, this past summer, and uh, it's kind of like a whirlwind uh, for most of us, especially if you have kids, I would think. Uh, it was for us, I should say. And uh, now the summer's over, and it's like, okay, uh, you know, kids are going back to school. Some of our kids have already gone back to school, those that are in college and are leaving this week and uh, things like that. Um, but man, we have had an incredible summer. And uh, I just want to say thank you uh, to the uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of volunteers uh, this summer that we had that served with us. Uh, we had several different op outreach opportunities. Um, we had the Love, Inc. ministry week where we spent a week serving uh, a homeless shelter and uh, uh, updating and cleaning and uh, and uh, it was just incredible. And for those that, that were a part of that, I, that even came out just for a night or uh, stopped by, I, I want you just to you know, kind of wave your hand real quick. All right. A bunch of us were, were there. Uh, then we had a, a Michigan blood, blood drive um, in July. And uh, if you gave blood, just kind of wave your hand here for a second. Then we had a Feed America truck where we sponsored, we, we paid for 10,000 pounds of food. And uh, it was uh, an incredible, we, it was our largest attendance. Over 50 volunteers came out, largely due uh, to Judy's family. I think you brought like 15 people, but even so, it was still a great turnout, had a good time. If you, if you were part of that, just wave your hand. A bunch of you guys were part of that. And then we had the Coast Guard Parade chalk giveaway. And, uh, and we gave away, uh, I think, 7,200 pieces of sidewalk chalk. And uh, the Lord stopped the rain for about, you know, 30 minutes. We said, okay, this is our chance. We ran, we gave away all the chalk, and then it poured rained after that. Uh, it was a great idea. Next year, we'll, we'll see if we'll do that again. But, and then we had Mega Sports Camp, and, uh, which was our VBS for kids. And a bunch of you were a part of that. If you were a part of that, just raise your hand. Yeah, a bunch of you there. And then this last week, we gave away almost 300 backpacks. And uh, if you're a part of that, whether the packing side or just the giveaway, it was, it was great. And uh, our, our parking and overflow was just jammed. And uh, we had over 300 uh, or 300, near 300 families come through. And, uh, and it was just neat to be able to share the love of Jesus. And so I just want to say a big thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for an incredible, uh, fun summer of outreach. And as I was reflecting on that this week, um, I was reflecting on our core values. And some of you have seen this uh, little sheet. It's got our mission and vision statement. But then it also has our core values. And, and as, I was, as I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, our core values, one of them is outreach. And certainly it was a summer of outreach. One of our uh, core values is generosity, and certainly we were generous as a church in excellence, and some of the things we did were, were done with excellence, and if you were part of the uh, backpack drive in particular this last week, uh, we had uh, the, the folks that, um, that were doing the hearing and vision uh, in the back, they were at each location, there were eight different locations, they said, this is the best run backpack drive we've seen, and, uh, and it was our first time, and, and so excellent. And we were relevant. There were families that came in with uh, meeting felt needs, and, and certainly there was joy in the process. And uh, many, many of you were a part of that. And the thing that excited me the most was the relationship building. As you serve together, as you work in the trenches together, uh, God moves and uh, it binds us together. And, uh, and certainly we had a few um, uh, summer, uh, we call them Sunday Night Lives. We had three of those and the church picnic. It was just a great summer. And I would just want to say thank the Lord for what He has done. And uh, we look forward to uh, moving forward. Amen? Amen. So fall, how many are looking forward to the fall? Anybody looking forward to the fall? All right. How many prefer if it was just summer all the time? All right. All the students are saying amen there. Uh, for many of us, we'll get back to our normal patterns. I am looking forward personally to bedtimes for my kids. I don't know about you. 
and school will start. Now, I'm, there, I'm looking forward to the bedtime, not so much the getting up early, but uh, and, uh, some of you are back in sports and clubs. And uh, this is kind of our last weekend uh, before you know, everything kind of hits uh, for kind of routine, at least for our family and many of your families. And I just want to say thank you for being here. And uh, for those of you that are here uh, as our guests, um, uh, first-time guests, we have a few kind of sprinkled around. I want to say welcome. And uh, ushers uh, in the back, Rich, if you, could, uh, if you would fill out, for those of you that are first-timers here, uh, an information card, that would help us. And I know we got a, a, a family here and a family over here and uh, a couple, another family here. And uh, that would help us out tremendously. And you can just put that in the offering. We're going to take the offering at the end of the service, and uh, that will be, uh, that'll be great. All right? Praise the Lord. One of our friends are here uh, from Indianapolis, uh, vacationing here in Grand Haven, where, where we live, and uh, Phil and Shannon, and their daughter Taylor, their son Drew, and uh, we love you guys, and it's been fun uh, spending time with, with them as well, and so uh, God is good. But I mentioned today's going to be a little different. Um, I planned, I have been planning all summer to launch a series today. Um, and we're not going to do that exactly, although there is a little bit of a tie-in, and you'll see how that works. Um, I mentioned that I'm not going to preach a, a message, so to speak. I want to share more of a story with you, and it's really prompted uh, from this week. My family, uh, after Sunday Night Live last Sunday night, we went to Detroit to get my car worked on. Um, I bought a, a newer car, a 1997 uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> yes! And some of you that know my car history, uh, you're thinking it was a significant upgrade, and I agree. And, uh, and I'm thankful, but it needed a timing belt and water pump change. And my great uncle, who's like 73, said, I'll do that for you. And, uh, and so anyway, so it was worth the trip over to Detroit. Um, but while we were in Detroit, my uh, my grandparents, they, they had you know, all the cousins come over for brunch, and that was fun. But my Aunt Vi came over on the Monday that my uh, great-uncle and my grandpa and I were working on my car. And at lunch, um, uh, she kind of sat down with us, and I believe it was a divine appointment. How many have ever been interrupted by God before, where you're kind of going through life and, you know, not expecting any, you know, anything supernatural, and then the supernatural happens, or something significant happens, and that's kind of what happened uh, to me, and I'm realizing I'm sitting down, you guys can't see me, is that okay? I'm going to move up here, so you, so, uh, so I can see your eyes, so make sure that Greg back there doesn't fall asleep, Okay. All right, my friend Greg, chill your hose. All right, I'm still going to sit down because I'm telling a story, not preaching. It might feel like preaching at times, we'll see. But anyway, so anyway, my, my, my aunt and I, we're, we're sitting there, that's better, I can see you better. Uh, and we're, we're talking, and we're talking about how Jessica and I met, and you know, she was at our wedding, but she never really heard the story, and so she wasn't even at our wedding, I understand, and uh, it was the first time I met my Aunt Vi. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. But anyway, so we're telling the story, and Jessica is uh, you know, interjecting in, in parts that I had forgotten, like the time that she threw uh, her engagement ring at me uh, right around Christmas time. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's a painful memory. But anyway, we're talking about how we met and, and how, you know, uh, how we started to get to know each other, how Jessica, you know, we met on this missions trip. And, uh, and we're telling the story and we told, told how, you know, Jessica moved away to Florida and I was still in high school. And I'm thinking, oh man, yeah, I'm this, you know, high school senior uh, dating this, high, this college student and thinking I'm all that great. And uh, anyway, so we talk about that. We talk about my call into ministry. Um, how did we get started? And uh, it was just a, a fun time. And then my aunt, she says, well, how is it going? <laughs> and, uh, and, and she says, how's the church doing? And, you know, I kind of, you know, sat there. And after about two hours of sharing, uh, I realized I got up from the table and I said, wow, I need to share this with our people. In fact, I want to make sure you're, you guys are uh, recording in the back because if, it, you know, for those that aren't here, we're going to make copies and make sure everyone hears this. Because I, I, I walked away that morning uh, or that afternoon 
after, after lunch and to help my great uncle and my grandpa who were back in the garage working for at least an hour while I was talking. And, uh, and I said, you know, this is important. This is significant. And some of you have heard bits and pieces of this. Uh, I know um, I had an opportunity to go back to Dayton, Ohio, uh, where I was from, and I shared a bit of this story. Um, and uh, I know some of you have listened. I know, Tony, you, you got online and listened to the message there, and so some of it will be repeat. But my heart is to share with you my personal story over the last five years. And uh, great story, great success in some areas, but very painful in others. And my prayer is that as you listen, uh, I want it to be challenging uh, you know, to think about your story and not only just to think about our past, because you know, our past is important, but what's more important than what's happened is what is coming and our future. And so I want us to consider our future with great expectation. And, uh, and so that's why I want to share this, and I pray that your hearts will be open this morning. Uh, I'm going to pray, because I'm a little nervous, um, honestly. Uh, Father, I thank you, God, for this opportunity. In front of friends, in front of uh, family, in front of uh, the church, Lord, today, uh, I want to bear my heart and soul and, uh, and share some insight into my story. I pray that it'll be a blessing, Lord, as people hear it. Lord, that it'll be challenging as you've challenged me and walked with me. And God, I just pray, God, that it would honor you, Lord, that people wouldn't see me, but they'd see you this morning. And God, we ask this for your glory, for your honor, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to start talking about my call into ministry. I was 11 or 12 years old, and my parents were the type of parents that every time the church was open, uh, we were there. And uh, there was a one-week revival service in Detroit that we were a part of, and, uh, and it was Danny Duval. I don't know if you've ever heard of the evangelist Danny Duval. I should look him up sometime. But anyway, um, he was preaching, and they decided to preach, uh, to have him stay a second week. It was interesting. It was that during that second week that God really started to stir in my heart as a young man at 11, 12 years old, that feeling a call to be in the ministry. And I didn't really know what that meant. I just remember being at the altar and uh, extended times of prayer, and knowing in my heart that God was calling me to be in the ministry. I came home, and I shared it with my family, or with my mom and my dad in particular, and I said, Mom and Dad, you know, I feel God is calling me into ministry, and uh, I don't remember anything that Danny Duval said uh, in particular, but I, I remember that feeling. And my mom, she lovingly, um, she, she loved me, she wanted God's best, but she somewhat discouraged the call, she, in the way that she said, she said, Ben, we're all called into ministry, which is absolutely true. Do you believe that? I believe that with all my heart. But, but I was like, okay, well, if we're all called, well, then maybe I'm not called to full-time ministry. And, uh, and so I kind of lost that sense of urgency in that, in that period of time. Well, I ended up on a missions trip in Mexico City in between my sophomore and my junior year of high school. And God just orchestrated that. It was kind of a last-minute deal. Uh, I think the, the deadline was on a Sunday or, or on, a, um, on a Monday, and it was Sunday night. All of my friends in our youth group, we were out uh, at a... We used to go to this karaoke bar. Uh, it was you know, pretty healthy for us to be there. We'd sing songs, and it was, it was a lot of fun. But anyway, um, uh, it was that night we were all like, hey, we should go to Mexico City. It wasn't like, hey, let's go, and God will really move in our lives. We were like hey, let's go to Mexico City, that would be a blast. And we, there's about six or seven of us that decided to go from our church. I was one of them, ended up in Mexico and um, didn't know a lick of Spanish. And uh, really, you know, God, life was just kind of coming at me. And I didn't really understand all that God had. Um, but they, they said, all right, Ben, you're on tonight. Uh, tonight at, at the Sunday night service uh, on this trip, you're giving your testimony. And, you know, they talked about testimony. I'm thinking, ah, oh, I don't really even have a testimony. Um, I don't, you know, there's nothing in my life, you know, that, you know, that's significant. I was kind of born and raised in the church. I never smoked or, or drank or anything like that. You know, I'd never, like, really fallen away from the Lord. But anyway, I gave my testimony. And in um, that night, um, 
you know, God had already been stirring in my heart uh, uh, this call of God on my life again. And it was confirmed after I gave my, um, my testimony that night, someone from the local church there came up, grabbed an interpreter, and said, tonight, while you were giving your testimony, God was showing me that he's calling you into ministry. And you're going to be used in powerful ways. And don't ever run from the call of God. And I was like, okay, Lord, thank you, God. <laughs> and at that time, you know, from that time forward, I really never turned away from the Lord and, or his call on my life and started pursuing ministry full time. And God started using me, and he, he kind of uh, tailor, tailored me uh, really to be in children's ministry, and uh, the, that's kind of a long story, but I ended up as a children's pastor in Dayton, Ohio, out of, out of college, and uh, I loved uh, working in, in uh, Dayton, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, God started stirring in my heart and in Jessica's heart again this desire to be a church planter to start something new, to, to be a part of something kind of fresh and something, um, something new. And again, there was a confirmation in my spirit at a Pentecostal Preacher's Week down in Springfield, Missouri, where we were just, you know, kind of unexpected and, uh, and saying, okay, you know, we were worshiping. And in fact, Phil and I were at this uh, uh, time. And the guy that was speaking uh, in, at, our, um, at, the, at the event after the service, he runs me down in the lobby. He said, hey, while I was speaking tonight, the Lord prompted me to talk to you that, that God's going to use you uh, in church planting. And I'm like, whoa, all right, you know, thank you, God. And uh, out of everybody there, you know, he came and tracked me down in the lobby. And so I come home and tell Jessica, and God was working in my life. And I'm thinking, okay, this is great. I'm ready. And, uh, and so Jessica and I, you know, at that point, we're saying, okay, all right, God, open up the doors. And I remember going through some training and thinking, okay, God, I am ready. And you know how when God starts to stir in your life, there's, uh, there's a, a sense that, you know, where your current situation, there might be a little dissatisfaction, uh, you know, just with the current reality. And, uh, and, and I was ready. We were ready to pull the trigger and say, all right, God, we're on our way. And, uh, and God specifically said, slow down, wait. And, uh, and God prompted my spirit for at least a year to continue to serve in the role that I was in. And, uh, and I was like, okay, Lord, to kind of, uh, you know, to take, to slow down and let God bring this to pass, this idea. Well, in the spring of 2006, about a year and a half, two years after that, um, uh, the Gateway Church their pastor, Jeff Grinnell, was leaving, and, uh, and there was a family from Dayton, Ohio, that had come to the Grand Haven Spring Lake area to, uh, to help plant the Gateway Church in 2001. And uh, anyway, they, they, said, they knew that we were interested in church planting, and I said, oh, they, they called us up and said, hey, we're kind of like a church plant with an advantage. We're four and a half years into this, and, uh, and we're wondering if you would send your resume. And uh, kind of a long story short, I want to get you to, to this point. In October of 2006, uh, the very first Sunday in October, it might have even been October 1st, I'm not sure, uh, was our first Sunday here at the Gateway Church. And so God just worked uh, some neat things out and, uh, in, our, in our lives. And we ended up here. And, uh, and I just want to stop and say that God, in His uh, infinite plan for your life, uh, he doesn't just limit his call on those, you know, into full-time ministry. God has a call for you in, in your life. And uh, in Romans chapter 8, I, I love this verse, um, Romans chapter 8, it, it talks about this. It says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. We are all called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. He's called us, church. Those who he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
And what's great is that God is still calling. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is described as the good shepherd, right? And it says in John chapter 10 that he knows us. He calls us his sheep. He knows us by name. And I believe even like there's been times in my life where I've been interrupted, that even this morning that God wants to interrupt and speak into some of our hearts today. So anyway, we ended up here at the Gateway Church. And our first Sunday, uh, I think it was hunting season or something, uh, we had 59 people, including kids, on our first Sunday. And we're thinking, wow, remember, it was like, this is... Uh, this is tiny. I mean, where we came from was nine or ten times bigger than that. And, uh, but, but God helped us in those early stages. You know, they call it the honeymoon stage, right? And uh, that honeymoon stage, there was some initial growth, and we kind of grew to 100 pretty quick. In fact, I remember we said, hey, let's get to 100, let's get to 100, and then we'll celebrate. We'll have uh, breakfast the next Sunday. And between that winter and into, uh, into that springtime, we, we kind of made it to 100, and, uh, and things were, were, were really good. But then there was a new season in my life that I didn't really, there was like not a day that it turned, you know, over, but just the next season, um, I've learned to call it in my life a season where I went from hero to zero. And I'll, ex- I'll explain what that means. The honeymoon was short, <laughs> it wasn't long enough. And, uh, you know, and as I think about it now, I think about, you know, when God calls us to do something, when or where does God ever call us to do something easy? You, you read through scripture, when does he call us to do something easy? And that certainly was the case for our calling to come here to the Gateway Church for my family. And the first uh, issue or the first struggle that we hit was a financial issue, a uh, struggle. January, February, March of 2007, we were not hitting budget by about $1,000 per week. And, it, you know, it, you know our, our giving fluctuates up and down. We understand that. But it was a consistent pattern. And we were a few weeks away, and some of those that were on the board remember that time. We were a few weeks away from having close to nothing in the bank. Uh, on the, and I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're not going to get a paycheck here. And we seriously had some conversations like that. And I remember, you know, I'm thinking, man, God, when I, when I signed up to be a pastor, I got licensed and then ordained. In my ordination process, one of the questions they asked, they said, would you do your ministry for less financial gain? And you have to answer yes, right? But I'm thinking, okay, God, you know, we moved here. We, you know, we, we were sacrificing and, uh, and we're saying, okay, God, we need a miracle. Anyways, we decided, Jessica had a, a near brand new car at that time, and uh, we sold her car uh, to create a small emergency fund for ourselves. We decided as a church, as a board at that point, to focus on missions. We decided as a leadership team that we were going to lead the way in giving, and we were going to sacrifice ourselves. And I kind of reflect on the Corinthian church, and uh, I want you to turn with me. Uh, to a great, great uh, verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. This is kind of how I describe kind of what, where we were, all right? <laughs> a financial struggle, all right? And you might be in a financial struggle today. And uh, listen to what it says. It says, out of the most severe trial, and I'm, th- and I'm telling you, you know, I can talk about this, you know, pretty, you know, easily and quickly now, but it was difficult. We were losing sleep over the fact that we were not hitting budget uh, week after week after week for month after month, and uh, it was difficult. But it says right here, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, we were close it seemed, welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave, the leaders there, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. And there was a season there from that point, from I believe it was uh, March, April time frame, that the leaders of the church, the board at that time, we decided to give. And personally, we said, we are going to give and, and we're going to ask God to, to move supernaturally. And the result is that by June 30th, halfway through the year, we not only made up where we were behind, but we were actually ahead several thousand 
of dollars according from our budget. And God moved. And, uh, but it was a difficult challenge, that first challenge. Now you say, here at a zero, you know, what is that about? Well, it really kind of comes to light in the second area of challenge. The second area of challenge was re- a relational challenge. And for me, uh, you know, I came from a situation in, in Dayton where we were on staff at a church. I was the children's pastor. And, um, and you know, I, I say this now, and it seems silly, but we thought ourselves as, you know, as cutting edge, you know, great children's pastors. And, uh, and, and Shannon was just, you know, re- reaffirming that yesterday. Thank you, Shannon. But, uh, but what, we came from the situation where people loved us. It seemed like everything that we did worked. I never uh, felt called to do something and was denied the privilege to try at least. Um, and I would go into pastor's office and say, hey, we want to try this. I feel God leading in this way. And it was always like, all right, go for it. And, uh, and we did. We had a lot of success, and God really moved. Um, and then we moved here. And, and so we went from this hero, you know, superhero kind of uh, position to where we're like, okay, there is a lot of, uh, of uh, struggle relationally that I was not anticipating as a young pastor. Power struggles. And then there was an incident where uh, we took our youth up to the Silver Lake sand dunes. And, uh, and I, I, it was my choice, some of the things that happened, and I lost a lot of trust from some of the leaders at that moment because uh, there was a, a, a small accident, and uh, it was painful. There were challenges in leadership, and literally I felt from hero to zero. And uh, what happened was in that moment, the best, some of the best of me and some of the worst of me came out. And uh, in the result, we lost a lot of great, great people, people that loved the Lord. And what was happening is in my heart, I needed to be humbled. I needed to, to grow up. And part of that was that we had a great leadership team, we had seven guys on the board, and, and as, I, as I look at the reality today, out of those seven families that were here at the beginning, only two of those families are even still worshiping with us. To give you an idea of how, uh, what kind of turnover we had, and it was painful. It was a challenge, to say the least, relationally. And then, in that time frame, there wasn't only a financial and relational struggle, there was a physical struggle. In a short period of time, I gained over 100 pounds. No, just kidding, I didn't. <laughs> what happened, with all the pressure, I started uh, feeling sick. And there was tremendous stress. And how many know stress can really cause some damage on your body? And I was sick. I ended up thinking I was having a heart attack. And I, one night, Jessica and I, we were in bed, and I'm thinking, I'm having a heart attack. The kids were already sleeping. And uh, I said, Jessica, i got to go to the emergency room. And she's like, well, let me, let me drive you. I'm like, no, I'm just going to go. And I jumped in the car and ended up at the emergency room. And I'm thinking, man, I'm 32, 33 years old. I should be in my prime. <laughs> and, uh, and thinking, and, and it was all stress-induced. And, uh, and some things I had never felt in my body before uh, with acid reflux and, and, uh, and some, I, what else, I forget what they said. But I, thankfully, I wasn't having a heart attack. But physically, I was, I, I was jolted. And then not only financial and relational and physically, but then there was a spiritual and emotional battle going uh, in my life. How many know when, when, God, when God wants to use you in a powerful way that the enemy will attack? And uh, there was sin that creeped into my life, and the best and worst of me, again, were kind of displayed in, in my life. And like, even, you know, like a good marriage, you know, the, the best and worst come out of you uh, as you, you know, approach marriage. And I felt like this relationship between the church and, and my own life, and, uh, and, and so sin creeped in. Anger got in, and, and some of the difficult situations, I, Jessica and I were one night we were talking about some of the, the trouble that we were experiencing and I got so mad I took my fist and I pounded it on the wall in our basement and I put a hole in our drywall and Jessica's like you need help 
And, uh, and God really started working in my life from that moment on because I did get some help. And I believe that God protected me. And God led me to a verse in Psalm 34 that really ministered. Psalm 34, uh, verses 17, 18, 19, and 20. Listen to what it says. It says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears him. Uh, thank God that he hears us. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And at that moment, that was my situation. I was feeling crushed. I was feeling worn out. And then it says, a righteous man may, uh, may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. And so I rested in that. And what happened, it led me to a time of surrender, a time of brokenness in my life that I needed. I desperately needed personally, but our church needed that as well. And uh, there was, it was a season where there was, I allowed God to work in my life and I denied myself more. And, I, and so there was less of Ben and more of God. And, uh, and there was a verse, uh, just a couple chapters from there, that I remember um, meditating on over and over. Uh, and it was really, it came out of a time where David in his life had been exposed and uh, his sin was kind of exposed, uh, the, the affair that he had and, and uh, Nathan came and, and he cries out to God. He says, create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. He says, don't cast me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And then it says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And God started to do that in my life at that time. And then in verse 17, it says, the sacrifices of God the things that God is interested in are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. And so in that moment of brokenness and in that moment of trial and struggle, I cried out to God and God met me and started healing my life spiritually and emotionally. You know, it's, it's interesting, our struggle is common you guys have a story that where the enemy will attack, and, and, uh, but God knows exactly what we need. And in that moment in my life, God reached out and helped me. And it came out of surrender, where there were concerns all over the place, where there were problems here at the Gateway Church. There were misunderstandings. Um, as we described it on the board, we were bleeding people uh, remember that, Rick? We're saying, we're, we're bleeding people. We've got to, uh, we, we were having the lowest numbers uh, of the year and close to the lowest numbers since I had been here as a pastor. And God called us to surrender. And it was in the fall of 2009, the Lord laid on my heart in that moment to fast and to pray for 21 days. And I asked the board and their wives, I asked our staff and our wives uh, to fast and to pray and out of that, the Lord gave us an idea, and some of you, you know, were a part of this, is to, that we started to visit every family in the church that would have us to find out the pulse of the body. And so we talked about this with, with our people and saying, that what, what do you like best about our church? What, you know, what is it that, that attracts you about our church? What is it that if you could change something, what would it be? And then the, then the third piece was, you know, how can we best meet your needs? And, and, and God led us to do some of that. And what were the results? From that fall, we grew. By December, we were averaging 30 to 40 additional people by December. God led us to do a hygiene drive together, which was fantastic. And uh, we, we, as we turned the year, we nailed our, our mission and vision statement. We nailed our core values, and, and we started to talk about those things. And, uh, and that I call that season of my life going from hero to zero, and, uh, and where I needed to be humbled. And God took us through a process, and God was faithful. And then I want to talk a little bit about the rest of the story here for a moment, because from that point, there was a turning point at the church. Not that all our problems stopped, but God started to add to our church in a significant way. For 17 or 18 months straight, the average monthly attendance grew at the Gateway Church. 
it was fun and it was awesome until this last April. And then when we hit May, uh, we were flat. And then this summer, it's been, we've been a little bit off. But finances at that time were stabilized. Our missions was stabilized. Um, there was something that God had put on my heart as your pastor uh, to, to tithe to missions that right off the top, every dollar that's given, that we would give 10 cents um, to missions. And, and there was a process from 2%, 4%, 6 8 to 10%. And through that time frame, the Lord helped us to get to that point. And then God was moving in, our, in my life through that time as well. Like I said, you know, I hit the wall literally in our basement. Jessica said, you need help. And, uh, and God led me to some good Christian counseling. And, uh, and, and he helped me, uh, the Christian counselor helped me to kind of unveil some of these painful times uh, to remember some things. And one of those lessons in that time period, which was really significant for me, was that I realized that I had not for two and a half, maybe three years of being the pastor here at the Gateway Church, I had not told people that I loved them. And some of you remember, uh, the, as I started that, God started to reveal that to me, and I started to talk about that. And, uh, and there, was, there were some things that had happened, um, you know, right in our transition, coming here to the Gateway Church that were painful, and it caused me to not want to open up. It caused me to not want to, uh, you know, let people in to who I really was. And so there's all these walls, but God started to break down those walls. And I just want to say this morning, I love you. I love you guys. And uh, I appreciate you guys. (laughs) And it's still difficult at times, but it's so important uh, for me to be able to say that, not just to, to believe that. And so my story... The reason I'm sharing this morning, it's a story of my call and my struggle and some breakthrough, and certainly there was surrender. Some of you have heard it, and I pray that it's an encouragement that will challenge you. But my prayer is not only just to consider my story, but to look at your story. And whatever you're facing, wherever, uh, whatever you're up against today, that we would not just live in the past, but that we would embrace our futures together and believe God for a better future, to believe God for, with great expectation for our future. And so I want to take a moment here and talk about where we are going, where we are going. As we grew for those 17 or 18 months straight uh, in average attendance, the Lord led us to do a few things to help prepare for more growth. Uh, we added 40 additional chairs in the sanctuary and, uh, and I'll tell you, these are the best seats in the house. I encourage you next week to try to sit up here. And they're really comfortable and uh, they're wonderful. And uh, I'd encourage you to do that. We also addressed our parking situation. And how many are thankful for that? Now, today we probably didn't need the extra parking. Uh, it's a holiday weekend. We got lots of families away. But um, on a normal Sunday, we were parking all over the grass. And then we were shuttling people. And, and so God provided a way for us to, to fix our parking situation. We're also in the process of uh, hiring an office assistant and uh, going to help us in the office and to help us to be better. How many know that God will not give you more until you can handle what you got. And, uh, and so we need some help there. And, uh, and I feel like as we move into the fall here, that really we are poised in position for significant growth again. God wants to do that. And so what kind of things can we look forward to as a church? Well, the first thing I want to share with you is the series that we're going to start next week. I know it's not this week. And uh, the Lord had laid on my heart uh, earlier this year to do some uh, expository preaching again, so, to preach through a book in the Bible. And so we're going to do that. We're going to preach through the book of Genesis. And uh, as we honor the, our core value of honoring the Bible as our standard for life. And, uh, and so we're going we're to talk about the story of Genesis. 
And really, the, the tie-in even today is that Genesis is a book of stories. It's a story of creation, a story of Adam and Eve, and a story of, of um, uh, Noah, then Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. And we're going to nail some of these stories and uh, ask God to just enlighten us and help us. And, and Genesis is such a great book in so many ways. And, and anyway, we're going to have this um, posted. And what we're going to ask you to do is we're going to ask you to read the book of Genesis this fall. I'm going to ask every single one of you to read the book of Genesis. You can take your time or you can do it in one seating, uh, uh, setting if you want. But as you read the book of Genesis, then I want you to come in and kind of like at a graduation party or at a wedding, you kind of sign. Uh, I'm going to ask that once you've read or once your kids have read, um, for the kids, for you, for each and every one of us to read, then you're going to come and you're just going to sign your name. All right. So I'm going to just do it here because I've read it this summer and uh Make sure I spell my name right. All right, and so you'll sign it, and we're going to have this available all fall to just to challenge us in our walk with the Lord. And, uh, you know, it could be a part of your normal devotions. You could switch your devotions and do some Genesis reading, and, uh, and we're going to ask you to do this. Now, the, the interesting thing, as we look at Genesis, it's a story. It's a message from God for, for His people. And we see that God is living, He's sovereign, He's powerful, He's righteous, uh, God is gracious. And it, we talk about Genesis as a book of beginnings. And in many ways, I believe that we are just at the start of what God wants for us as a church. And so it was, it was a book of beginnings, talking about the beginning of the world and mankind and sin creeping in and then salvation, uh, message of uh, redemption and paradise regained. And, and, uh, and, and we want to take some time this fall and look at the story of Genesis. And so that's something we can look forward to. Something else we can look forward to is uh, it's on our hearts to highlight worship in a significant way. And uh, starting next week, uh, we're going to have little short worship encouragements, uh, little sermonettes, so to speak, um, uh, in our worship time that's going to challenge us to grow in our worship experience, to press in and to, uh, to experience God in some significant ways. And so next week, we'll start that, and uh, they'll be short but powerful And uh, as we encourage one another in worship. Also, just want to say that September 16th is our next Upper Room Worship Night, and uh, we'll be highlighting that. It's just a couple weeks away, and uh, those are wonderful nights just to focus on God, and we want you and your family to be a part of that. Another thing that we have to look forward to is missions. And uh, if you've been around for any time, you know that we love missions here. And uh, this year, our missions, uh, we are going to do a, a, a project uh, to raise some funds for a project uh, in, in uh, the same time that we're raising Faith Promise support. And this is the first time we've done this, uh, but God has put it on our heart. There's a tabernacle project in um, in Africa, where literally we can build the structure, a structure for about $8,000 um, to build, a, to, to help a church plant, to have a building of their own. $8,000. And we'll break it down and we'll look at, you know, how much each pillar costs and each shingle and all these things. And we're going to, we're going to ask God to help us. We're actually going to, we're in the process of asking other churches to kind of help us, but we're hoping to build a tabernacle um, uh, in our missions time. And that's, that's going to be fun. Another thing we have to look forward to is our 10-year celebration weekend. December 3rd and 4th, we've invited Jeff Grinnell, the planting pastor here at the Gateway Church, to come back. And, uh, and we're excited about that. We'll probably have a, a banquet on the Saturday night and then services on Sunday and uh, just asking God to, to move in a powerful way. And, uh, and in that process leading up to our celebration, the Lord has put on my heart and our leadership's heart to do some, uh, e some serious evaluating, some assessments. And uh, we're going to be asking you, wh what's working? What's broken? 
what's confusing about our church. And we're going to be looking for input to, as we put together the next part uh, to make our next 10 years even better. And uh, part of what we've, we've been praying God for, for is a strategic plan. The next five to 10 years, what is it going to look like for us at the church. And so through this, we're going to be looking for uh, um, your heart and your evaluation, and, uh, and we'll be talking more about that. But um, we're going to be true to our mission and our vision, to our core values, but we're going to say, okay, God, what does that look like for us? And, and we understand that as a church, we lease this facility here. And so we are going to be addressing some of our future needs and even facilities. And we're going to talk about money and a master plan. And, and we're going to be looking at some of these things. And it's exciting. It's a lot of work. But one of the neat things to tie in, just real quick, is you know, at some point, we're going to build a facility or renovate a facility that's larger than this. Um, and we're going to need some capital money to do that. So we're going to sow some seeds on a missions standpoint, helping build a church in Africa and believing that God's going to help us build our church and work through us. And so these are some exciting things for us as our future, as we look to what God has for us. And this morning, yeah, you can come, Melissa. She got her cue. I said, when I talk about strategic plan, you be ready. This morning, I say all of these things to give you a picture into where we're headed, which is exciting, we, we, and, and I want you to be a part of that, obviously, but I want you to consider your future. And the fact of the matter is that we need breakthrough in our lives. And for me, the breakthrough that we've experienced came out of brokenness and out of surrender. It came out of a desperation saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you. It came out of an expectation that I trusted God's word that as I put my trust in him that he would meet me right where I was and that God was interested in my life and I know that God's interested in our church I mean there's no question about that and he wants our church to continue to be healthy continue to grow and we're going to see that happen this fall and it's going to be exciting uh, as we continue to grow but I want to talk about your life here for a moment where in your life do you need to surrender? What part of your life needs to be redeemed, so to speak? There's a verse in Psalm chapter 77 that caught my attention. It says, you are a God that performs miracles. We believe that. He says, you display your power among the people. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. And when we look at the story of Genesis, and we'll look at the story of Joseph, we'll look at the story of Jacob and, and, and tie it in that we are the descendants of these guys. And God wants to redeem us to pull us up from where we are and to set us on a course for great success, for great uh, fulfillment in our lives. And this morning, as I prayed this week and as I, and as I prayed even about, you know, talking about what I was talking about this morning, my story, I sense in my spirit that God wants to save us he wants to touch us. He wants to call some of us, all of us, really. But he wants to put a call put, to do something inside of us. And remember, God doesn't call us to do things that are easy. God wants you to know that his hand is here. 
for you to help you with whatever you may be facing. He wants us to trust in his sovereignty and to trust in his timing because his timing is perfect. We may have ideas of what we should be doing, but it's God's timing that we really need. And what I want you to know, ultimately, is God's promise for future, for your future. And so I want us to call upon the name of the Lord this morning and to spend some time in his presence, considering our stories, considering where we are, and saying, God, do I, do I need to surrender my life to you in salvation? Do I need to hear your voice for the call of God on my life? Do I need breakthrough in my life? Do I need to confess my sin? Do I need to uh, you know, get my heart, my emotions right with God? And my guess is that all of us at some level need to press in to what God has for us. And I'm going to invite you this morning to start this morning to challenge yourself to go the next le- to the next level. Not to be satisfied with where you are, but to press in. And so we're going to do that. In part of our worship time this morning, we want to uh, receive an offering. And I want uh, ushers at this point to prepare yourselves. Uh, we're going to receive an offering. And I want you to give. And if you're not prepared to give and say, man, I, I want to give. I, I want to be a part of that, uh, what God's doing here at the Gateway Church. We certainly, there's envelopes and, and you can uh, uh, take time to do that. But we're going we're gonna to give. We're going to receive an offering here. And then what we're going to do is we're going to turn this place into a place of worship and prayer. And I'm going to ask that for those of you that are serious, saying, God, I want you to move in my life, I'm going to ask that you move from the seat where you are and out to come forward and maybe to find a spot up here in these new chairs or here at the altar and to spend a little time in God's presence, asking God to touch you in a significant way. So ushers, why don't you come? We're re- we'll be ready to receive an offering here in a moment. And Melissa, I'm going to ask that you just uh, let the Lord lead you, however, to, to lead us. But let's stand together and let me uh, say a quick prayer as we receive our offering. For those that are guests, we'd love for you to fill out that information card and put it in the offering. That'd be helpful. But then let's seek the Lord together before we leave today, asking him to touch us. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to give and to worship you. I pray that you would bless every person that gives today. Multiply these gifts for your glory, for your honor. And Lord, I thank you, God, for moments like today, maybe out of the ordinary, maybe out of the, uh, maybe it's unexpected. Maybe we showed up not really expecting a whole lot, but you desire, Lord, to meet us right here today. And so we surrender to you. Lord, we bring a sacrifice of brokenness, a contrite spirit. We humble ourselves. We're asking for help. Lord, to save us, to speak to us through your word, to restore, to redeem. And God, we just give you our lives. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. We're going to receive an offering. The plates will go by. And once you've given, I'm going to ask that you would move and that you would spend a few moments. There's a couple students here that we want to pray for in particular. Uh, They're heading off to college. Um, That will be exciting. Uh, But if you want specific prayer for anything, just kind of come up in the middle area here. Otherwise, this place is a place of worship. And if you need to leave, we understand. Uh, But please, respect the time here uh, in God's presence, okay?